What it do, what it do, what it does. You are now tuned in to episode 94 of Not Politically Correct. We are without the Asian homie, T.S., a.k.a. C. Nova. You know he got you, but he out there somewhere. Um, shout out to him. He's not here. <laughs> shout out to uh, him and all of our Texas folk right now going through the, you know, the, the snow and all of that, you know, shit that's been going on last week. Uh, so yeah, with, with the snow, it's a shortage on bugs, so. <laughs> so his mouth <laughs> dog is going, he's suffering right now. Um, uh, malnourished as a bitch. Um, but no, shout out to all my Texas people. He said the, the road's cleared up today, so he gotta get some shit done. So we're gonna let him live, we're gonna let him rock. But it is your boy, Real McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Splash God, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka Dope Dub Danny, aka FBI Mike. A.K.A. Hip Hop Harry, A.K.A. Hallway Jones, because your bitch got a ringtone, and I know I was it back in 07. Fuck you talking about. You can find your boy on Twitter at Real McCoy KPZ, always on there, always tweeting, and you can find me on Snapchat. You know, every once in a while I get my little groove on, you feel me, at uh, Real McCoy Rebel. Cody. <laughs> she recording everything. <laughs> Hey, all right. Cody, a.k.a. Dave, I guess. Right, exactly. Cody, a.k.a. David. <laughs> all right. Rest of the bus. There you go. All right, there, um, there you go. There, there's the money. You can find me on, uh, no, um, <laughs> Rest of the Bar, man, a.k.a. Teddy Rest, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. Kid Universal, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. The Progenitor, a.k.a. Rest of the Bus. Dude, you're supposed to be the old one of the group. I'm really, this is 2MI. I'm really pissed off right now, though, because I just found like two minutes ago while you're doing the intro a gray nose hair. And I'm like, (laughs) what the hell? I'm so angry. I'm not even 30 yet. Come on, don't do this to me. What is life? What is a fantasy? You can find me on the chattiest of snaps, as study as snapchattiest, and on Candy QPD as CAD. And you cannot find me on Twitter, so don't look for me. <laughs> don't you will not find that man on Twitter. That's at not all. for our fans, that's for McCoy. Stop. <laughs> Y'all keep sending him Twitter videos. I'm like, click this, watch this, it's so funny. He's like, I don't have that, I'm not clicking it. And then I get so disappointed and I cry and then I drink a shot of gin and I just get over it. But <clears throat> Just so y'all know, in other news, <laughs> in other news, we have a page on Facebook, uh, Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can join that. You can be a part of the fucking antics. Um, we have a Facebook page at, you know, Not Politically Correct. That's our group. And we have a page as well on Facebook and Not Politically Correct Podcast. So you should go there, thumbs it up, like it, all that shit. Make sure, you know, you support us because you fuck with us. And I know you fuck with us because you're listening to this. Aha. Gotcha. Loophole. We are on Twitter at NotPCPodcast. Go ahead, follow us on that. Stay up to date with all the information we're going to be giving out there. You know what I'm talking about? And then on anything that you can listen Mm -hmm. to shit on, SoundCloud, Podcast App, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play. Go ahead, search us, Not Politically Correct Podcast. And, you know, like, rate, review, um, leave some comments, all that shit, man. Because it's all important. It all matters in the, you know, Al Gore's internet, a.k.a. Beyonce's internet. So... It's like a spider web of right of things that matter that really don't and shit. What are you talking about? Uh, <clears throat> and on that note, it's time for spirit, 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 spirit,
apologize as McCoy seems to be having stroke difficulties. Oh, um, <laughs> stroke difficulties. Pause. As opposed to stroke. Oh, okay. I was going to say stroke successfulness, but I guess that could be because he said pause, and that just reminded me I dropped my hot pocket. Um. Okay, so should we uh, sport it up? Sport, <laughs> yeah, sporty spice. Athleticism. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the, b- the biggest news, craziest news to me, JJ, 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 J. Watt got released as requested by requested. That is not a word. Right, is it Russell? Say, pre- right, we'll come no. back next week. Pacific. Atlantic um, by the Texans. Speaking of Houston and Detroit, what? I'm just kidding. Detroit, but that's what? So there's a lot of teams trying to get him. Um, a lot of people, and they've been saying this even in, like prior to this, like last year, year before, that it'd be a good move for him to go to Green Bay. One, he's mm-hmm. from Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Two, so it'd be closer family too, but uh, his... His wife is a major league soccer player for Chicago, so that'd be closer for her work, too, and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. There were a lot of releases this week that I thought were interesting. Yeah, well. Like, what yeah. else? Um, well, um, there was a couple of releases from uh, the Carolina uh, Panthers that increased their uh, cash space to about $28.5 million? I thought that was, like, really Damn. crazy. Damn. I wonder if that's regarding this, because I, I was going to talk about with the Packers thing, that um, the Packers released Rick Wigner and Christian Kirksey, and yeah. they with uh, David Bakhtiari's contract, they tried to finagle it. Um, I mean, he agreed to it and um, about, like, I think he saved, like, $8 million or $13 million, something like that, dollars, um, mm. to make it, like, a sign-on bonus or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah to give it more salary cap room. And I'm thinking maybe they're trying to get some salary cap room to get JJ. What? That might be. Um, Cause um, I know Carolina, they released, um, I think his name is Kwan short. Um, Steven. Kwan Weber, I'm just <laughs> Trey <laughs> Boston and Michael. Uh, Michael who? Right. Um... Hi, he's bye. Where'd you go? Russ? Barman? Teddy Russ? Rush the bus? Is he on the Skype still? Yeah. Well, they released Michael, I guess. Uh, we'll try to hear from the Barty later. Um, if he comes back good. <laughs> the I saw the Eagles also traded Carson Wentz to the Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional... 2022 second rounder, uh, Mortensen. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, now I can. You back? Oh, that, yeah. That's so weird. I don't know. Michael Pilardi is what I was Michael Pilardi got, okay. got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. <laughs> they basically released like four uh, decent people on their team um, to increase their their uh, cap space from 8.5 million to 28. Point five, so that was great. Wow, now yeah, that's a lot of room. <laughs> now, um, Cody, I, I don't remember. I don't know if it's NFL or if I do believe it's NFL. Um, that they really it, uh, it could have been them or it could have been the NBA, but I gotta just um ask about this. One of the leagues increased their cap space or like their maximum like um 
uh, salary caps or something about like five million dollars. Like like the entire league was able to go up like five million dollars in terms of the salary cap. So it went from like um, I think one eighty to one eighty five. If I'm not mistaken. 175 to 180. 180. Okay. Um, it is the NFL in 2021 floor. Mm-hmm. Um, news to me. I just Googled it, and now I'm getting his now. So thank you, McCoy, for the layout <laughs> assist. Yeah. Boom. Okay. There, that, boom that, goes the dynamite. Right. <laughs> and then I didn't know if the J.J. Watt, uh, Watt thing was maybe. They changed the whole league just for J.J. No, Watt. Like, <laughs> it made more. More off, like made him possibly, you know, get into another team or something easier, or like them letting him go because now they have more, you know, salary cap space. So I didn't, I didn't know. I am dead. <laughs> that sounds pretty. I'm good, going though. to uh, blow you up one day. <laughs> Pause. Wait, yeah, right, oh. right, right, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean, like, I like nine eleven blow up, not like. Okay, now that doesn't make it any better. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Play it again, Cody. I I get it. Okay, okay. Um, Naomi Osaka. (laughs) It's uh, TS's second cousin. Um, now she uh beat Serena Williams in the uh Australian Open semis. Um, and just recently, what was it? Um, sweeps American Jennifer. Brady to become the second woman to go four and zero in her first four major final appearances. So shout out to her. Yeah, let's do ah! it. That's my shout out. That's the that's the tennis. Um, that's uh Corday's girl, right? Who? Corday? Yeah, YBN Corday. You talking about the t- the one who just beat Serena, right? Oh, uh, yes, I am. I don't know. Yeah, YBN and now it's a famous people dating and married and what and all that. No, no, that's um, they have a pretty. Um, what do you call that shit? High profile, you know, power couple. A relationship? Yes, that thing. Got it. I've heard of those. <laughs> I've heard of. I haven't had the pleasure of being a part of one, but heard of it. Heard of it Ooh. very. In, in, in one. Right. That was a, deep inside. Oh man, this is going to be a really interesting episode. Continue, continue with the information. I am. The NBA unveils the 2021 All-Star starters, which, again, people are not a fan of. Um, in the – where can I find it? Here we go. In the West, uh, LeBron James is captain. Uh, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, 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 Joker guy, Kawhi Leonard. Those are the starters for the West. And for the East, we got the captain is Kevin Durant. Then you got uh, Giannis – Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Joel in bed. Pause. In bed. <laughs> John right. Wall uh, provided meals to 500 families in Houston. I also saw that, uh, where was it? Um, Pierre Desir of the Baltimore Ravens donated 10,000 meals in response to horrific weather and damages across Texas. So we all know that TS is getting fed. Um <laughs> LeBron becomes the third player in NBA history to eclipse 35,000 career points. He joins Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Karl Malone as the only players with 35,000 points. Wow. Damn. You know, I was listening to our one of our older uh, pods from like a um, month or two ago. We were talking about LeBron James in comparison to Michael Jordan and shit. Um, and how on paper, man, LeBron James is just like damn near the greatest human to ever hold a basketball. Like it's just the numbers are numbers 
are phenomenal when it comes to that guy and what he's done and what he can do and shit <laughs> like that, man. So shout out to LeBron James. Yeah, and he does not like he hoes, he uxes, and he does not have a tail. And speaking of um, a Jasmine Sullivan, <laughs> that was <laughs> such trash, Cody. What the, come on, get on your game. <laughs> I am so confused. Right, I, me too. And play the play the play, 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 play the song again, man. Play the song again. <laughs> I, I might turn my laptop off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm gonna try it again. You got a good transition. Okay. So LeBron James it actually, used to be your boy. No, just, <laughs> right. In the past, present, and future, be here now. Right, one division. Um, so LeBron James actually was accused of uh, injuring another um, one of the starters on the East uh, All Star team, Joel Embiid. Um, really? Yeah, he was accused. Well, when well, was this recently? Joel Embiid. Uh, this was, I believe, last season. Um, I feel like a sports was, guy should know about this. He huh? was. <laughs> uh, he, I guess, Joel said. Joel said he uh, fouled him, pushing him out of the air, and he fell down. You know, he got fouled or fouled, and and then his back problems, which he is currently having, started. Then so LeBron LeBron's the next man now, huh? He's got like this force field power. (laughs) So yeah, I guess I guess Joe's been saying that his back problem started after LeBron James fouled him. Um, But you know what team he plays for? He plays for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and you know who else comes from Philly? This wonderful. Actually, yes, Richard, little Dick. No, he is. He comes from he comes from Pennsylvania. He went to school uh, in Richmond, out of a sub, right? out of a suburb of um, Philly. But you know who else in the music industry comes from Philly? This Fresh Prince. Uh, shut the fuck, Cody. <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan comes from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, which I have none for Cody at the current moment. Sisterly love, <laughs> sisterly hate. She talks about about this uh, album, sisterly love. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, she um, does, yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, truly, truly, honestly. Um, so Jasmine Sullivan is really she. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. <laughs> she, she, this Philly-bred R&B songstress, Jasmine Sullivan, made a return to music after nearly six years with her new offering, Hotels. <laughs> Pronounced our new rejection. Now, now the way it is, the way it is actually spelled is H E A U X. He ox tells, um, and it dropped at the top of the new year, January eighth. Now, known for her skills as a songwriter, Miss Sullivan has written hits for herself and others. My question today is, does she still have it six years later? I would like to turn over the floor to my fellow uh, podcast host, starting with Cody. Yes. Oh, okay. The bug eater's not here, but I'm sure that he had nothing but great things to say about young Jasmine Sullivan. But, okay. Cody, how did you feel yeah. about the album? Um, well, a few words come to mind when I was listening to this album. Um, conceited, problem seeker, pretentious. <laughs> False hoped goals, dumb. I think that these all accompany her. Oh, um, shit. 
you know, she talks about sex is where I'm finding my worth. Uh, just being who I am isn't enough. I feel like she has, she doesn't care about herself as a person and, res, you know, self-respect. She just wants to be a whore. That's what it sounds like from her album. I did not like it. Uh, what do you think, Russ? I, well, before we go on, on the Russ. I, I said, what do you think, Russ? I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say this, <laughs> to say this real quick. God, I hate you, dog. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, those those things that you were hearing throughout the album, those different um, moments where different people, all different women that she had gotten to ask about their experiences and things of that nature, and they kind of provided that. If you were listening to that one, I believe that one is actually called... Excuse me. Sorry about that. Excuse. Um, Amanda's Tale. <laughs> okay. Amanda's Tale. Yeah, Amanda's. You got Precious. You got Rashida's. You got a bunch of tales in here. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. No, um, I, know, I know. That's the different track there. Um, <clears throat> so I have probably the most experience with Jasmine Sullivan out of this group. Um, I've been yeah, I've never heard of her before. No. Yeah, I've been listening to her since, um, man, uh, <laughs> it's been longer than six years. Uh, yeah. with her first couple of albums and I don't think this is the album you should jump into to know who she is um, lyrically, um, as an artist um, composer wise uh, even a songstress wise um, there are a couple of previous um, kind of mixtape quote unquote um, songs that you should probably check out um, to see where she comes from and see who she is as an artist having said all that I think this return was a little soft to me. Um, there is no doubt about her vocal ability um, as far as the runs she does, her knowledge of scales, and, and how she implements them into her different songs. Um, she's a dope singer. I think she's one of my favorite um, singers to this day. Um, to just day. on her vocal. <laughs> to her to just her vocal ability and the way she puts songs together and the way she applies it. She has um, inspired many a different challenge for people to try to reproduce these runs and um, post them on different social media platforms. Uh, so I have no question as far as her, her, her vocal ability or her songwriting ability. I think this album, it, it was really soft. Like this wasn't an album that I could just listen to all the way through, regardless of the different stories and, and things of that nature. I thought they provided an interesting perspective based on certain people's experiences with love, with sex, with um, sex for love, sex for money, money for, you know, all these different um, social constructs that people find themselves in. Um, but I think it was really soft compared to her, her previous work. And I find myself maybe latching onto a couple of songs. I think uh, the one with Anderson Park I liked um, was the price tags or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the ones with like the big name people I thought were pretty decent. Um, I'm not a fan of Ari Lennox. Um, I think she's a, a dope person. I just don't, I'm not drawn to her music. Um, the song with her on it, H-E-R, yeah. um, I thought it was okay. Um, that, I think both of them have, have, have great uh, vocal ability. I expected kind of more from uh, from her um, and Jasmine and this collaboration. So I, I think I, I uh, 
coming off her last couple of albums, which I listened to pretty religiously um, around their hype and even afterwards, I think this album was really soft in comparison. Is it usually same like topic wise stuff or is it a? Um, she is she is kind of very um, experience heavy in her songs. Um, so a lot of the things she talks about um, are typical experiences for a lot of women um, that a lot of men unfortunately are nose blind to because we don't have to have those experiences. Um, so she's really about like um, bringing forward um, um, information regarding abuse. Um, sexual exploitation, manipulation. Um, um, so she's just... the reciprocity of the TLC group. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But she does speak on both sides. She talks about the uh, the abuse side, the sexual exploitation, sexual uh, manipulation, um, those darker sides, and then on the lighter sides, um, the sexual independence, um, freedom um, as far as um, uh, women are concerned um, and how they control or they give the um, the impression or the uh, uh, I guess that's the, the word I want to use the, the expression of themselves as they're in control of their bodies they do what they want um, and it's it's their right to do so so she, she kind of encompasses all the things that would be a woman um, so that in her in her um, in her songs, she gives both sides of that. I guess perception. Um, right, right. So th- that's kind of where where she she lies is that she tries to give you all the different shades, um, not of gray, but of a woman and their personalities, their personability, um, their actions, their experiences to paint the picture of things that aren't readily seen in the industry. All right. Well, I think <clears throat> if I had to ask you guys, um, what would you give it in terms of? Well, for Cody, we'll go for you know. For you, we'll go uh, cups of coffee out of ten. How many cups of coffee would you give it? Well, you know, after hearing Russ talk, I feel like maybe I heard it but didn't listen to the album, so maybe I was preemptively. I don't know. Not judging because I was trying to be open to it, but it was like, and I. Didn't get it is the heavy. message that he was saying. Yeah, it is heavy, man. Yeah, and I've, been, I've one... been lacking on my weights lately, so. Uh, <laughs> so this is the one I would jump into to get to know Jasmine. I think you have a couple albums before that to kind of see how she does things, um, to really come to this with, like, as gotcha. open a mind as you can. Yeah. So, vanilla latte. <laughs> and how many Bibles, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would give it, uh, I'd probably give it a six, man. Um, yeah, a six. Um, especially in light of her previous work and what I know she's capable of doing. Um, yeah, I definitely give her a six. Have you guys heard the song Insecure? I feel like I, I feel like I have. How do, uh, can you kind of give us? How does it go? You got any lyrics or, um, or hum? Can you hum the? I'm melody? trying to think how the, how the song goes. Yes, for her and Bryson Tiller. Yeah, that's her song. Yeah, on that type of, like, you know, just not just the song structure. Um, Her vocal ability, of course, it it always performs, but the words and how everything goes, like, even the video, it it seems like it's on a different level than this current album. 
a lot of people I've heard say like, oh man, I love this album, da, da, da. and I'm thinking like, this isn't her best. This isn't even her average for me. So I, I expect better. Sapphire Sullivan. <laughs> well, I can, I, I feel what you guys are saying there. And also, um, I can see, um, where you would, you know, where you might say that this might not be her strongest project or, or, where they might want to jump in. I've never heard a Jasmine Sullivan album in full before this. I've heard singles, and I've liked everything I've ever heard her sing, every time. This um, was very inter- very interesting. I-, I just want to say off the top that I really didn't liked, I liked the direction of the album and what she was trying to do. Well, we're going to break this down. I'm just kind of going to give give my, my little opinion, as, you know, as I always do. Um... So we're gonna start off with best production, the 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 sonics, the sounds on this album. Um, put it down. If you didn't if you know me and you didn't think that was coming, wrong. And my Charlie <laughs> Murphy word, wrong. Um, put it down. This beat is a church inspired hip hop vibe carried by organs with the perfect amount of reverb. Those organs sound so lovely and so spacey. And so airy and they just sit on the track so well you know shout out to um i don't think we do this enough when we do the music segment and shit like that shout out to the engineers man who really who who engineer this shit Pro- producers you know and i need to start yeah, you got that dope. i want to start um you know as a as a as a music guy as a music guy uh for the pod i should be maybe looking up more produ- producers when i'm doing this i just never really do you know they um, usually tell us right away in the beginning of the song yeah sometimes especially <laughs> when it's, especially, especially when it's rap but um i really wanted to know um you know and this is lack on, on research on my part because i just been listening to the album but i really wanted to know as i was thinking about this this morning how many female producers you might have had on this album you know like she have like wonder girl or anything like that um uh or um you know any, you know, anybody that might be, you know, out of the norm, you know, I wanted to I kinda... feel like that's something that I always, like, I, I usually go try to jump on, like, Wikipedia or something like that and search, like, the specific song by so to see, like, who produced this and yeah. who, like, worked all and engineered it sounds, it reminds me of this, or, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I've noticed that, um, you know, I've been a lot of, uh, happy a lot recently with Hit Boy. Um, the, the things he's done in the last six to six to eight months, you know, he's been really, 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 really effective. Uh, um, and I think some of my best moments from him or some of the things I love most about him is that his, his claps and his, 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 um, drums, his percussions are so crisp. They're so perfectly EQ'd and we don't, I don't know if that's him or if that's the engineer or, you know, who, but just shout out to the people who do that because they make... Um, the sonics of this shit sound so amazing, and I think put it down. The organs in there sound so crisp. They don't just sound like regular organs. They're so crisp, and there's just the right effects and the right things added to that. Um, then a basic bounce with the kicks and the claps keep this up tempo track like really knocking. It's a real, real nice tempo, real nice you know like bounce vibe. Um, the hi hats added the perfect speed and 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 kind of like bounce to this track too. Um, the hi-hats really were, like, they were really hitting where they, they were really key to, for me and me, like, catching and, like, like uh, rocking out to this beat. So, um, all in all, this is easily the best beat on this album. Um, uh, I know it's probably near and dear to me because it sounds more like 
I could rap over this is more hip hop. It's more you know this that. But um, I really like the the bounce and the, and the knock on this one. So uh, put it down. Best beat. The funny thing is the way I did these beats and songs and shit today. Um, they kind of go in order of what I think is um, the best. Like in terms of like one, two, and three. It's really really weird how that um, how that like played out. Um, so. The second best beat, <laughs> The Other Side. Um, this song is like a pop R&B groove. Um, it gave me like 2010 Usher vibes right away. Uh, this shit has a, like a really lets a gentle bass line push the pulse the whole way. So there are some amazing like piano chords and some like ambient synth layers that find their way peeking through like throughout this song. Like it's really well layered. And you get a lot of different sounds and different frequencies and different, like, you know, sounds on the spectrum that all the encompassing together make a really good uh, plush sound. Um, so you have, um, like, during, there's a breakdown that we hear, like, some strings that also come through and to, like, do, to add to the buildup, uh, the anticipation for the climax of the song. So when it breaks down and it goes back in and you know how a singer will come in and they get louder and they kind of like push it through for the rest of the song. The way the, the strings and everything came through on the breakdown um, were perfect. Uh, this, with the mixing and layering of her vocals and the runs here as a, an additional instrument with the, vo the voice really is an instrument in and of itself. You add that um, and this really has runs the gambit to be one of the best, you know, Sonics on the album again not my favorite beat but sonically it is just uh the hedgehog it, is, <laughs> it gives them knuckles with that uppercut punch looking ass it kicks yep, their tail right oh hotels. right <laughs> tails a hoe that's crazy um he looks like it though um shout out ts um <laughs> so the third best uh piece of production on this album to me um the lost one. This tune is unique because it is actually, and I didn't realize until I started actually breaking down the song. Um, it's actually just a very ambient lo-fi guitar layer. That's just the heart of the entire piece of music. Um, what this allows for, though, is one of Jasmine's best vocal performances on the album. So we hear the pain in her voice about not wanting to be let go by a lover she wronged. And then the background runs and the song ad-libs be, um, become instruments here as well. So again, Jasmine Sullivan, uh, as Russ talked about, her ability as a singer is top-notch. I would say, honestly, you know, whether or not we paid attention to Jasmine Sullivan enough over the last decade or whatever, that might be our own fault, but... She vocally has to be, I would say, of the last decade, top 10, of the last, like, 12 Don't years. Don't blame me. Blame her PR. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, like, but it's so wonderful to hear a song like this where it really is just that doom, 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 Again, crisp, the perfect lo-fi filter added to it, the perfect amount of reverb. The perfect, like, her engineers and producers on this album were mwah, chef's kiss, bro. Like, they really knew what to do for her vocals to add her to this shit, and it came out so 
perfect. And so all the shit in the background, her whether that's her or background singers, or whatever, those vocals and everything layered coming through uh, make for again a really beautiful sonic experience. Um, and again, it's the third third best one to me. So um, that's production wise, you know, sounds wise. That is uh, the top three on the album. Now, when we get into songs, best songs. So, Pick Up Your Feelings is the best written song on here to me. And here's why. As a song, this is one of the best written songs because mm-hmm. of the breakdown and the bounce. Okay? I'm not necessarily saying lyrics or or content or whatever, but it is the way... She sings this song. The bop to this chorus carries it. The bop that this chorus carries is super epic with the don't forget to come and pick up your then that album of the ooh, like in the background leads into that feelings. Like, bro. Started a challenge online. Bro, and that shit is amazing, bro. Like, just, it's not, what she's doing here is not anything that's never been done in music or anything like a singer, you know, having a good bounce or a good bop. But when she does it, Jasmine Sullivan is really talented. And when she does that shit, bro, she, I don't know if it's the, just the passion in her voice. She reminds me of like a Mary J. Blige, low-key. I know Russell probably don't want to hear that shit, but uh, <laughs> she reminds me of... No, the rasp is there. Um, like I said, um, Mary J. Blige can't sing. <laughs> she can't carry a, a tone. And there's a difference in that. And people really? don't don't regularly recognize that. Right. When right. I hear female and singer and raspiness, I think Macy Gray. Oh God. <laughs> smoking. She's more Muppet Muppet rasp. <laughs> Muppet. <laughs> I've never actually heard her sing anything outside of that song, so I've only seen her act, to be honest. But hey, what do I know? Anywho, her acting's pretty raspy too. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> she um, sings in uh, Idlewild. <laughs> oh, that's right. She she does. She does. She does. She does. I kind of tuned it out. I'm sorry, Macy Gray. Um, and then, but with <clears throat> pick up your feelings. Um, there's another part that you know then switches the movement on the second part of the chorus um, for a new vibe, which is similar to the bridge, which is also a good bounce on here. Um, it's a uh, um, boy, please. I don't need memories. All that shit you can keep. Don't. Like, the way that she starts dropping off the vocals and then having to come back as a singer, um, that I feel like that would be, um, to do that right and to get that those parts out, like, she has to have a lot of vocal control and talent to come in and sing that on point each time as she's dropping out, like, to really, to really keep that uh, intensity and to keep it, you know, all in tune and on, and on one accord, I was oppressed with everything she was doing on this song. So that to me makes this the best song experience, the song best um song on the album. Uh so on it. Now on it is a duet between Jasmine Sullivan and Dreams of the First Lady uh R. Lennox. This goes back to what Russ was saying too about the song with the big names on it. Uh I'm just gonna let you go let you guys know right away that number two on this list is on it, and number three is price tags in terms of uh, song experience, but we're going to get to that in a second. Um, yeah, you're wrong, but all right. But, uh, wow. <laughs> oh, I've never felt so... Your opinions uh, are just... Uh, right. The opinions just of... run facts. Right. 
the opinions of uh this pod. <laughs> Damn, Russ. Okay. Uh, well, we gonna before I do even get my rating, we gonna I'm gonna say these give these little facts, and I want to hear what Russ has to say too, because this is great dialogue. Um, so on it, this duet between Jasmine Sullivan and Dreamville First Lady Ari Lennox is a powerful track. Um, um, layered with their harmonies and their vocal interjections on top of each other. Now, I um. This record is like a sexy plea for their lover to prove himself to them before they give up the goods, quote unquote. <laughs> um, and it, it's amazing because I feel like we don't hear performances like this much anymore when it comes to R&B. We, of course, we hear people sing together and shit like that. But this harken, this type of shit harkens back to like '80s, you know, like Luther Vandross and and um, you know, shit he would have might have done with like uh, uh, what is that? Uh, that girl, when he did uh, This World With Mine and him and that girl were kind of going back and forth. Or uh, Avant and Kiki Wyatt, you know, doing that type of shit. We, I feel like we don't get enough of that. And I could be wrong. Maybe I'm not listening to enough R&B, but I feel like we don't get enough of that anymore where you have two sing- singers kind of like battling it out. But yeah, in a, you don't listen to a lot of R&B, G. Okay, I feel it. I feel it. I, feel it. Um, I just feel like it's, it, it doesn't... Um, I don't get to hear it as much. Whereas opposed to what used to be at the forefront, like when I'm telling, when yeah. I'm telling, when I'm saying these records that I'm from the past, those were on the radio. Those were the singles. Those were, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think single wise, I don't, we don't, I don't hear a lot of that. I feel like, um, R and B and especially in the last decade, like it, shout out to Trey songs and fucking, um, J- the dream. Those motherfuckers ushered in the level of R and B that I always felt was like cocky, like rap where niggas had to be the center of attention. Like nigga, it wasn't, it wasn't where, you know, humans are humans, and, and people have been cocky. R. R. Kelly and Aaron Hall, I think, you know, had a little thing in the 90s and all that shit. But, like, those motherfuckers, The Dream and Trey Song were two niggas that, like, were always, to me, felt like it was niggas trying to act like rappers, you know? And so that, you know, ruins a lot of the, the collaborations and shit that we could get, you know? Um, so I feel like we didn't... I don't see this kind of back and forth and shit um, too much anymore. But, again, I could be... Only just from the outside looking in and just need to get step on my current day R&B because when I'm listening to R&B, it's, I'm stuck in the '90s. Um, but what I liked about this is that it's instinctive in delivery with you know where they come in and out on the record and choose to provide to like provide runs and then ads for each other and shit. The lyrics are sultry and but kind of in your face. Um, it makes it one of the best performances here here for me. Um, but I, I really again, I do want to go back and get some of Russell's take um, after this last little explanation. Price tags. This this one put me in the mind of like a track by like The Roots. It has like this uh, instrumentation that feels live. I can't really say it was, you know, I don't have no proof that it was all live instruments or whatever. But it, the drum, especially the drums and the snare, it all sound uh, were dead more like it was, um, you know, live recording as opposed to computer Um you know, snares and whatnot. And then you get a guest feature from Aftermath's Best Kept Secret, Anderson Pac. Um, I love that both Jasmine and Anderson have a sing-songy rap style on this one. Uh, the second verse is Jasmine ruggedly kind of delivering her rhymes with um, <clears throat> Now, now, and if you want to see me drip like a faucet, I can be a freak, throw it back, let you toss this, spend a few stacks, keep a bad bitch happy, real niggas know would it make a bitch nasty, flashy? That's how I dress if you ask me, pass me. <clears throat> you broke niggas can't catch me. He don't have steps, so I call him Big Daddy. 
if you want the pussy first, you got to cash at me, hundreds. Like, I like the way, the way she was saying it was, you know, a little bit more feminine and the way she was kind of dropping it made sense to the beat. But I just liked listening to, like, her rap those lyrics and how it kind of came off. I'm like, that's real, that's real sauce. That's real drip. And I liked that because it was still sing-songy. She was still kind of, like, singing, but she was kind of, you know, giving us the, that hip-hop vibe, which works really well <clears throat> with uh, Anderson Pac, if you know his history. Because then we get Pac showing off his ability to switch cadences, which is so, um, I think he's one of the dopest when it comes to, like, flow switching, um, because he don't just switch flows, he switch cadences, like, he don't just, like, how he travels on the beat, he doesn't just switch that, he doesn't go, rap, 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 he don't just switch flows, he's, he's switching, and what did the, what did the, what, like, he's gonna rap, and then sing, and that cadence is gonna come in, it's gonna change, completely it's not just flow it's that it's cadence and mid verse um but um his verse i just love these lyrics because again you get the cadence switch where he says uh, like but it, <clears throat> but if i get pinched based off suspicion is you gonna sing like bobby in new edition then this amazing rough alley with a yeah yeah comes in where he's like imitating bobby brown um forget it mama told me to put the kid in so i did it <clears throat> but but that baby came out black as a uh, black as Samuel in Pulp Fiction, <clears throat> and I'm light skinned. But my granddaddy Indian, you fucking with my lineage and dividends. And then first of all, d just the way he flows that I didn't even say it. I didn't flow the way he flows it, but the way he said the fucking with my lineage and dividends, like the the way he chops that up, and then comes in with the again switching the cadence, the peace and light. I wish you all the love. Please get out of my house. I called the cop. Think I spent, think I have spent my final buck. I think I'm out to lunch. Like the way he's coming, coming back, um, with switching the vibe mid verse, so amazing. I love how they tackled this song, um, and I think putting him in, uh, on this song and the way he did his verse from start to finish. I didn't give you the first part of the verse where he starts kind of like talking, rapping, um, with it, like spoken words. is kind of dope, man. Um. When you factor in the structure and the, the with the lyrics and the structure with the fact that they both layer their verses with melodic ad-libs and powerful overdubs, and you get an amazing collaboration here. Um, let's go back for a second. Um, this has been brought to you by WandaVision. Russell. Yes, sir. I want to know your opinion on what you why you say I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, and what you think are the best um, song, <coughs> songs on here, you know. Oh, no, I was just saying, um, just messing with you, because, um, <laughs> um, because as far, as far as my opinion goes, uh, let me pull the album back up, just to, to really get the songs. And I want y'all, um, I want y'all to all know, too, that when it comes to Russ, you know, um, when it comes to me doing R&B reviews, or doing reviews of, of more so singers, I really, um, I really love to get Russell's opinion in his, in his, in his input, because he's a vet when it comes to that part of the music, you know, so he he helps those animals. <laughs> <laughs> and so, my top three would be um, price tags um, um, on it, which is which I get. I guess I give more credit to this song because I'm not a fan of Art and Linux, right? Um, yeah. But I still think the song is is good. And then I think pick up your feelings because I've heard it so much um, with all the different. 
challenges and things going on of people trying to do that one stupid run. Um, and there's always one run from one album, one mixtape, or one single that Jasmine does that um, inspires a challenge of people to, to try and reproduce it or try to do it their own way. And so social media is flooded with that. Like I said, I think Jasmine still has the same influence that she's had over the years, if not more. Um, I just think this this album right right here, um, even though I, I think I see what she was trying to do as far as um, invoking these different perspectives, uh, these different tales of, of experiences, I think it was a little soft for her. I think she could have came a little little harder. Um, but yeah, those are my top three. Um, price tags, I, I dig the back and forth uh, between her and Anderson. Anderson is one of my uh, favorite um, artists. Um, he actually led me to BJ the Chicago Kid, which in turn is oh, one of my favorite male artists. Now, yeah, um, I heard him on a couple of his songs, and I'm like, who is Dog? And I had to look him up, and then got his uh, his discography from my rotation. I I just got into Anderson Pack real big too. Well, I listen to his most recent album. I think I told you guys in the pod or in the group chat that mm-hmm. I love it so much. It's, it just reminds me of like a today's Marvin Gaye kind of thing. But I first heard him from a uh, Blank Face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. see, I went back after that and I'm like, I started rediscovering them in different songs. Like, oh, no, that's Anderson. Oh, and that's BJ. Like, they, yeah. they, they are around a whole lot of artists that you don't really, really recognize until you get their sound in your head. Um, that's how kind of Jasmine was in a lot of songs um, earlier in her career. She was just in the background, yeah. but yeah. you can tell her distinct soulful voice. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's. And so. Um, that's why I picked those three because um, I think the song with on it um, was really good. I, I, I don't have any any qualms really with any of the, the music here. I just think that there's a lot of opportunity. Man, I, you know the funny thing is about the BJ, the Chicago kid, and the Anderson Pac uh, <clears throat> points that you just made. Um, I, you know, I, well, first time I heard uh, Anderson Pac was the Compton album. That was, and I, first of all, amazing album. Amazing album. I don't think that album gets enough credit um, for how really fucking good it was. But that's neither here nor there. Still need to listen to. It's neither here nor there. Um, and But that's what got Anderson signed to um, Aftermath. After all the shit he did on that album, um, a few weeks later, Dr. J was like, you know, just released the video, like, yeah, we got a new signee. And it's because he was just all over it and it's giving Dr. J so much energy and so much, you know, you know, good shit for that album, man. But uh, it's funny that you said that because they, he and be the Chicago kid were also, you know, around a lot of uh, TDE shit. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Anderson uh, more in the later half because he remembers watching Kendrick and TDE blow up while he was still at, at the crib and shit. And he was kind of like, so he wasn't around for the early years, but he'd been around the last, you know, couple of years and doing a lot of shit on their songs, a lot of shit in the background. Like, you catch Anderson on, like, everybody's shit now. Like, I, he was mm-hmm. on, um, he was on uh, Buster Rhyme shit. He was yeah. on, like, you catch him on so much random shit, like, you know, because he's just so good, he's so versatile, and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, it just, those artists that you don't really, you know, that don't, they they peek out, they be in the same little circles that you don't really know a lot about, be the greatest one. Mm-hmm. Same with Janae Aiko. Um, I'm not a huge fan of her. Like, I don't like really, really, really listen to her music like that, but she was around TDE early on, and, you know, it'd be those people who do, 
that amazing shit for so long in the background that come to the forefront and get to really killing shit. So, um, mm-hmm. shout out to shout out to all of them. You know, all the. Just listen to, I think it's called Twenty Eighty Eight or something like that. The Janae Aiko. Oh and yes! Son. Oh yes! I That's love. So nice. I love a, that album, bro. And I'm a fan of Janae. I've been listening to her for a long time. She had a Disney song, G. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I was like. What I think it's the Tinkerbell song. Like it was, it was crazy, but it was like you could hear the Disney um, uh, orchestration for the song. Uh, but her vocals on top is like, yo, this fits. Like this really fits somehow because um, you know her style of singing is more neo soul um, in her and how she not Morpheus soul and how she. She does her runs, how she usually structures her music. So it was like a really different take on a Disney song, but it really fit. Um, it was really dope to me. I'm going to have to find that song and put it in the group chat or something. For sure. Man. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. Overall. What you give it? How many megaphones? How many mics? Okay. Okay. How many hoes? I'm going to do my little, little, <laughs> little wrap-up. I'm going to let y'all know how I'm, how I'm rocking. <clears throat> Overall, this is a very ambitious project from Miss Sullivan. It is an interesting and important take from the female perspective um, into full sexual liberation as well as a dive into the female psyche about those things. Um, I think the thoughts and the energy behind the concept of the album are creative, to say the least. There were stories that needed to be told, whether hers specifically or hers through being, you know, solely a woman. These stories made for good source material to write from. So that speaks to her pen game. The issue with this actual album... Well, is we get real loud for that one. You must <clears throat> the issue with this actual album, man, while amazing in scope and ideas, it's exciting in that, in that aspect, Execution was less than stellar. This album is lacking a few pieces, and I can never actually pinpoint where it to be exactly. Uh, some songs should be longer or contain a feature, while others could stand mm-hmm. for more instrumentation and, you know, lusher sonics. Either way, they don't make me feel like I'm getting the finished version of the song mm-hmm. because of this at all times, if that makes any sense. Um, in that same vein, there are places... In the style of delivery that also make make this come off as undone. The idea of having like <laughs> interludes that that pilot the album into the next theme or song topic is great until the topic is so vague that the song doesn't really land. If that like, um, so I like if it was a demo or a mixtape, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. Uh, if it was a de- if it was a demo or like a like you know she was gonna add more to it, I think. Um, I think it, one of what I'm thinking about when I say that is like uh, kind of that one um, song where she's talking about you fuck your um, you know husband for yada yada yada, um, and then what I don't know what comes after that. It might be other side, but it just didn't. It didn't feel like the same type of energy. If that makes any sense, she told her tale, but it didn't feel like the same type of energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, and that happens here and there, here and there on here, um, and then sometimes it hits perfectly sometimes it does land perfectly but it just doesn't feel like it always lands um it's not great and it's something that has a effect on the overall greatness and replay value because now i'm stuck with a bunch of interludes and shit that i'm like do i need this interlude 
Because the one where she's like, you're fucking your husband and all this to get what you want. I'm like, I don't really need this interlude. I don't think it really is pertaining. And I don't think it's the truth. I don't think there's truth to that. But but again, that's personal opinion. I can't really take from the art because I don't believe or, you know, whatever. So, anywho, though Jasmine is a sensational vocalist <clears throat> and historically a great theme selector for her song topic, like from uh, um, her first few singles, the I'm not... Um, scared of lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, but I'm scared of loving. <laughs> she always, or I bust the windows out your car. Like, all of those are really good structured songs. They're really good. Like, she found the topic. She stuck to it. Like, that's really <laughs> good writing. Um, so although she has a, uh, she's been a great theme selector for her song topic, she has a tendency here in this album, <clears throat> shout out to what Russ said, to not wrap it up or drive it home as hard as I wanted her to. And once you realize that, replaying and going back to the album doesn't hold a lot of weight. So, overall, this album to me... Well, Russ did say it was heavy. Overall, this, overall, this album to me, and I went, I went back on. and forth, but overall, this album is a 7.5. And I upgraded it from a 7, because I, I stuck with 7 for about two weeks. I stuck at 7, but it, there was just something about me when I was really breaking down that song with her and Anderson pa- Pac... And the and the one with her and Ari Lennox, and I'm just listening. I'm like, talent wise though, this does. There's a lot a lot of shit going on here. She just didn't get all the way there. Hotels as a idea and a concept, amazing. I think she should do this, but I wonder if it would be better done if she wrote helped K Michelle write it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we got it from K Michelle's pick, or help somebody else write it. It Jasmine Solomon character. I don't know if it's giving me what we need to get through this type of record so i don't think it's her best body of work and i haven't even heard the others but i can i think i might would agree, would probably agree with russell um overall 7.5 to me it's good music but these tall tales fall short of the finish line for me but um you know the way you're talking about it i thought you were going to give it a lot less than a 7.5 no i Sound like like a, like a five or six or no something. because i really like the i like the music on here it's you know what this put me. This album put me back in the mind of two two other albums I reviewed, the first Mike Posner album, and my first and uh, my album, my favorite album of last year, one of my favorite albums of last year, a written testimony. Because I I rated all of those like seven point five, both of those seven point fives. I love the music on there, but something about it just wasn't all. It didn't push it all the way. <clears throat> for for me. Um, a written testimony. <clears throat> I love the music. I love that album. It did something. It made me feel like I was going to church. It was like black spiritual for me. But sonically, there were some things going on that it didn't get all the way there. And even though I felt it, even though I felt it, as a person who's big in rhythm and flow and shit, I'm like, you rapped off beat here, and this beat sounds sloppy as hell. <clears throat> so I couldn't give it. I can't lie. Even though I liked it, I can't lie and say it's perfect. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where I'm at with the Jasmine Sullivan album. I love this concept. I love what she was trying to do. I love her writing. I love her skills and her skill set as a vocalist, but I don't think this got all the way there. So, and then you have it. <clears throat> and now it's time for Ooh. Russell Posse. Hee 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 h
Reciprocity. I was going to give that a seven also, but I think I'm going to uh, drop that down <laughs> to six and a half. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, first, <laughs> first shout out. Um, once again, I want to shout out um, Visual Factory for the Black History Month pop-up shop event that's continued to run um, the remainder of the weekends in February. Of course, today, the 20th, tomorrow, the 21st, and then the 27th and 28th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Once again, they're located at 7319 West Dean Road. Um, like I said, I've been through there a couple times before. They have uh, some great items, um, a number of items that are perfect for this month, as well as some uh, local entrepreneurs. So it's a perfect opportunity to support the culture as well as the community. Um, once again, that's the Visual Factory, 7319 West Dean Road. Um, today tomorrow, the 27th to 28th, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. For you time travelers out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they should know from the last ones. Um, <laughs> now, um, last time we were discussing some concepts in regards to, or in regard to um, online presence, specifically in being more empathetic and sympathetic towards different paradigms and, and social constructs that may offend people or may find some people in a vulnerable state because of the specific topics and events. Um, continuing with what I stated, um, we will be talking about the concept of being tone deaf, or some people refer to it as being nose blind. Hmm. Uh, Ever heard of nose blind? Um, yeah, uh, they say to, a lot in regards to... Um, how someone smells or how someone's house smells to where um, you, because you're in the environment. You're so used much, to it. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't really recognize that the smell is different from um, anywhere else you travel. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a terrible smell. Um, that's usually what people try to, um, to suggest in most cases, but it's basically just that you have a different um, scent or fragrance that you're used to that when you come into contact with someone else who is foreign to it, they can smell it more and they're wondering why you can't. Um, usually, like I said, it's used to talk about people who are musty all the time and then I do. I know you can smell like, I, can you, how can you not? It's melting your shirt. Type, you, know what I'm <laughs> so, uh, you know, what's funny, my grandma always said that if you can smell yourself, somebody else can smell you. Right. So, <laughs> wash your ass, boy. <laughs> Right. That's actually how. <laughs> that's actually how they um, how they uh, talk about the application of cologne is that if you can smell yourself, usually you put on too much, um, especially when it comes to women because their, um, as I said, their olfactory um, abilities and their ability to smell um, is much stronger than men for the most part. Um, so yeah, if you can smell yourself, usually it's too much. You Wait, know, is, is that one spray lighter? Is that why they always sniff dick when they want to know if you've been cheating? What the freak, dude? I don't know. I have no experience with cheating, my dude. Uh, black men don't cheat, so right, exactly. I'm, I, my dick's never been smelled for cheating, but I'm just saying I've seen that as a thing. Cody, <laughs> why did you specify it's never been smelled for, for cheating? Where you're like, what else has it been smelled for? Well, I mean, you, you know, when to I the books. <laughs> like, well, I mean, sometimes matches, you know, sometimes people just love the smell of your dick. I mean. No, they don't. Okay. Well, maybe you're okay. I feel it. 
Did you you put cocaine on there? <laughs> 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 no. You were smelling out. <laughs> <laughs> the voice too is that what I sound like when I put cocaine? Yeah, it's well like this. It's making for meaning. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, so Russell. Russell, you're you're right, uh, right. prostating. <laughs> <laughs> Speed of being on topic. All right. So nose blind. Um, one should yeah. not be content in being tone deaf in the midst of ranting about your own singular perspective and standpoint. The issues or concerns usually brought up affect more than just the self-nominated spokesperson for that group. Um, I also find that funny that usually there is a person who's self imposes that that responsibility. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to speak for this group or I'm going to speak about this group. Um, like, their opinion is the only one that matters. Um, <laughs> I see that actually a lot on social media. Um, and it, it is always funny that they usually end up the same way. Usually there's someone who comes with a counterpoint or uh, a different claim that, like, negates or invalidates a lot of what they say um, because usually they don't use do any research or because... They're just doing it in a way to kind of um, boast, basically, just pump themselves up. Um, in these particular situations, people should work to understand that many people have or may have an attachment to that particular situation or circumstance, and that these issues may matter deeply to others as well as affect them, or more in some cases. Um, I think that people can get really self-absorbed with um, a lot of uh, issues that are, are currently going on as far as like um, 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 we talked about a little bit of them with the Jasmine Sullivan album um, sexploitation, sexual manipulation, abuse, um, homophobia um, uh, what's, what's another good one um, um, uh, gender equality, those type of things um, because people only can speak from their own experience they don't usually speak with the um, the notion to understand, but mostly just to prove their point. Damn, that is so true, low key. That is so true, and that's kind of one thing. One of the things about, um, like, you know, um, the what you, what would you call it? The um, understanding of like, or trying to be more understanding of the struggles that people who consider themselves transsexuals or um, transgender uh, people, they mm-hmm. go through and trying to be more educated and trying to, because I know a lot of times, um, and even still in recent times, and I'm I'm okay with admitting that, I'm just trying to get better at it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it was just me just speaking to, like you said, um, get my point across, approve my point, as opposed to understanding why, a person might want to change their pronoun or might feel a certain way or, you know, right. you know, whatever that might entail. So I definitely, to- I totally understand, um, you know, that the idea of that, man. Right. I just picture yeah. Kanye when he was like, when he said that he's a god, could you just assume my deity? <laughs> <laughs> we we got to get out of the, the, uh, the notion of um, if something is not known or not familiar to us, it's weird. Um, because that has a negative connotation to it. It's um, kind of, that reminds me of like when, uh, you grow up as a kid and people, your teachers or parents are like, it's not weird. It's different, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's all, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I've always said this. I'm really big on word choice. Yeah. Um, um, I spoke on, um, a couple of, 
weeks ago or pods ago um, regarding how you talk to children. And I think that's the best example because you help shape their um, perception of the world um, yeah. and you, you uh, and the perception of themselves. So you want to say, listen, hear you big shit because you want to <laughs> show them respect. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're always calling the kid bad because he's busier than most or she's um, more curious than other children, um, you give them the, the notion that they're um, less than or they're always wrong and you can really hurt their uh, self-esteem in the, in the future. Um, so it's always better to really look at the situation differently to give them the correct words to help them continue in their energy just focus their direction differently. Um, in choosing to speak on these things, it is imperative to always remember that in these um, different uh, perspectives and standpoints and, and, and discussions that each party is equal and one does not necessarily matter more than the other. Now, there are some cases where it may be more severe to someone than another, but there should still be a level of equity between the parties to respect each other. And that's the thing that, that seems to be lacking. Not that um, it doesn't affect the person more because of different circumstances, but that Everyone is treated equal, given an equal uh, amount of time to re respond and to, to voice their opinions so that we come together in an understanding way. Uh, if I could bring back an incident that happened where there were two sides really warring um, and, and, and it didn't seem to really benefit the situation. Um, and I hate to bring this to, 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 to bring this back up and rehash old news uh, because the situation was crazy um, and the circumstance was was really just just wild, uh, but I think he can aid me in painting a better picture regarding how most situations would be would benefit from being viewed in a certain manner that would bring closure, maybe retribution, without blowing the situation out of proportion or causing things to be too muddled to accurately point out who is at fault and get that correction um, as needed. And um, that's um, the Tory and Megan situation. Um, <coughs> Now, I, I, I honestly still don't know what was going on with that situation, but I can tell you that it was seemingly mishandled uh, and quite poorly on all sides as far as I can see. Because um, mm. we don't know how much those shoes cost him. Well, no. This, listen. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. The injury, <laughs> McCoy. injury was happening. No matter what, who, who said what, there was an injury that was serious and the victim needed to just be away from everyone in a safe environment to focus on um, the healing process, the trauma repair, and perhaps to give an account of what happened from their perspective to aid in the investigation. I think that did not happen as it should have, um, and, and things just became even more and more muddled, and then there was backlash between different um, parties. Um, now, the perpetrator... Uh, of course, until proven guilty, should have also been separated from everyone so that investigators should get information from both parties as well as interview spectators to get a general depiction of what happened and further study evidence to solidify probable cause as what should have happened, but because of our people, McCoy, um, <laughs> things got in the way, people got in the way, things were said, things were handled um, terribly, and people were attacked. On both sides, um, the attacks were not necessary. Um, what needed to happen was the information needed to be gathered, if, uh, investigation conducted, and those then those held accountable. <laughs> those held accountable needed to 
um, be held accountable for their actions yeah. through whatever punishment the law yeah. um, decided. All right, all right. I, I just, man, and it's funny because you know, like you said, bringing up the whole situation. I don't want to re rehash it, but it's it's so weird because staying out of that's one of those things where it's like just sidebar, like staying out of it mm-hmm. is what I wanted to do, but because everybody mm-hmm. stuff, everybody kept interjecting themselves. Mm-hmm. They, you, it's almost like they forced you to pick a side. Like they forced you to be like, well, "What do you feel about it?" I don't give a shit because I don't. I mean, I uh, let, let, let let me back it up. I give a shit that another human being is hurt, right? But but it shouldn't that, be like a scandal. Like, let me give my gossip yes, opinion, kind of. Yes. Yeah, right. Like my opinion doesn't really matter on right. this as far as the situation. Just what happened, happened. They should ha- right. They should be taken care of. But what is the point of asking me? What I, you know, I, I, I get right. what you're saying. Um, what should not have happened and did, of, of course, was that each party or party's entourage badgering the other, causing mm-hmm. more confusion and eventually spilling over into the completely quote unquote unbiased internet. And I say it's sarcastically <laughs> spilling, uh, pointing at you, fellow ignorant um, internet weirdos. Weirdos. We saw a social media tsunami of men coming. We we are internet weirdos. We be on the internet, social media being weird. <laughs> Some of us are just yo, I, yo, I thought about that like two weeks ago. I was like, bro, what happened? <laughs> I used to hate these niggas and I feel like I've become them. <laughs> but we are weird in our own ways. That's like, I, like I said, it, it goes back to the, the initial point. Um, it's not weird. It's different. We're different. <laughs> yeah. We're different. different internet difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But we saw a social media tsunami of men coming against women and women coming against men with a torrent of verbal black on black abuse. Um, because, you know, even no matter what your position was, the fact of the matter was that somebody was hurt and they needed to be taken care of. And we did not take care of them. Although because of how things came out, we couldn't really, you know, because it's people saying, no, you know, you prank the female, da, da, da. But we don't know what happened. There were so many different stories that came out of that one single event that we didn't know who was at fault. We didn't know who was hurt. Um, and then afterwards, once everything came to light, sort of, um, hmm. we could be like, okay, yeah, now this was wrong. Dog, you need to chill. You know what I'm saying? But um, why do, like, normal... Not normal, because they're weirdos. Um, you know, just civilians or people, like, people that don't matter about the situation think they have a say, like, they're the judge or jury, you know? It's like, shut up, okay? Like That's that's how people are. Um, it's the same reason why we... I need when, to voice um, my opinion on this. <laughs> Please listen national, to me. National disasters happen, we put celebrities on the phone, like, well, what do you think of it? Who cares? Right. Their, right. their opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, your doing platform doing is to shut up. up. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Um, yeah. and what I was thinking, too, is... Why, uh, like in a normal circumstance, like if that if they weren't famous, you know, um, I'm sure their lawyers would be like, stay low, stay off your phone, like don't yeah. publicize that anything. And Tory Lanez is on Twitter, like, ooh, I'm not apologizing or so. It's like, what well, is going well, dude on? Is, you know? Dude, is, there's something wrong with dude. He definitely needs some therapy and some help. And some um, hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Apparently, he paid thirty thousand dollars for hair length. But they didn't fill yeah. in the, the, right. the right part. The, uh, ran the marker out ran out of ink on their ass. <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, right. The, the thing about it is um, that should have been the um, advice for both parties. Don't go on social media. Yeah. Don't spread anything about anything until <clears throat> the facts come out. Because if, if you're right and the facts come out, um, then you can be overbearing in your righteousness, quote-unquote. 
The best uh, you can do for yourself is to shut the hell up. Right. You know, <laughs> so you don't the, dig yourself uh, a hole. <laughs> there's that uh um that saying that um um don't argue with idiots because some of our no one can tell who's the suit or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jay uh, said that. <laughs> Wait, who? What? Jay Z. Millie, it, Millie. It's, it's, uh, it's an old adage. Don't listen to Cody. Uh, <laughs> He's Dave now. <laughs> but, but I think social media, honestly, um, is the culprit in being the one to further cloud the truth. Um, and preventing the truth from coming forth in a speedy and simple manner. Um, <clears throat> in, in real life, if something like this happens, um, yeah, depending on news coverage, it may be publicized and people may go to the different kinds of things of that nature. But as Cody was saying, why is that the normal? Why is that what people cling to or, or their first choice is to post? Look what I look what I heard. Look what that, what happened. I was there. This is that. Right. This is what I think. You know what I'm saying? Things that don't really matter in in the long run because um, the most important thing is the people involved. Um, if everyone's healthy, um, if everyone's protected, and nobody seems to see that as being the most important. Right. Right. Protection <laughs> is first. Detail. Final conclusion. Then. It, than a consequence after the conclusion is reached. Um, well, similar situation, um, well, less so um, as detrimental um, in a physical manner um, is Kevin Hart and Eddie Murphy situation um, as far as what they said in the past. Um, I, now, I agree that, that wrongdoing is a saying should be corrected, um, but people really need to, to pick their battles a little better. Um, <clears throat> Judging someone on a phrase or wording that was popular and common in an era that is long past right now is ridiculous. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, once again, being toned deaf to the actual issue, which is growth. We don't allow people to grow. Aurelians can't the, grow. <laughs> right. People have the potential to change, and it feels like this world doesn't allow people that ability anymore. Um, people are branded. Um, <laughs> which is which is which is crazy. Um, <clears throat> people are branded at an alarming rate to the point that even the branders are now are now becoming the brandees and Ray J's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was quick or if you're saving that one. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fine to to bring up something that continues to happen or an atrocious thing that happened. Um, to gauge the mindset of the individual to see if there's been some growth, um, to see, you know, it, can't grow. <laughs> <laughs> but in a manner that, that is seeking, seeking understanding <laughs> and not to demonize them, uh, it is completely a different thing to steadily go after them after they previously apologized, made amends and done everything to reconcile the situation. Um, and that's the trend of insecure bullies and worthless human beings. Um, one of my favorite um, people in general and actors, uh, Anthony Mackie, said a couple mm. of things that were very interesting in an interview a couple of years ago regarding Those the names Clarence of racism <laughs> uh, on both sides of being tone deaf regarding progressing past racism. Um, he said, "It is not your first thought that makes you a racist; it's your second, your third, and your fourth." Mm. Um, which is pretty simple, but pretty profound that it is the pattern. 
it defines your way of, of thinking and, and belief and not necessarily a single instance. It's kind of like the concept of um, you are not your thoughts because, you know, you can't control when a thought pops in your head, but you can control, like, if you, how you like, hang, hang on to it or, yeah, yeah exactly. How you entertain it and how you continue it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, the second thing he says is that we're in a position in society and in this country where no one wants to listen. Everyone wants to say what they want regardless of the impact because it is their truth. <clears throat> Which honestly does not stack up against the, uh, or against what truth is supposed to be. Um, it is supposed to be a fact, the fact, the truth. Not a semblance that only validates one specific person, group, but it should be a universal thing that when tested does not have a large mar- a margin of deviation and error, which would then make it just particular to certain circumstances. But people use it to establish and support their own platforms, and that in itself is a closed-minded approach. <clears throat> Many times, you have to approach certain things with the possibility that you may be wrong. Uh, what that should do is not make you second-guess your attempt on a- approach, but it should make you open to the outcome that you will learn something and that that will solidify the foundation of your thought process with the answer you receive. And a lot of times, we don't do that. <laughs> All right, so just a little bit more, and I'll let y'all go. Okay. Really uh, tank, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So equal rights should come with an equal understanding and equal listening. Most times, a conversation can't be had because one side or both sides did not come to listen for understanding. As I said before, they came to say their truth, to get their pro, uh, the point across and only to listen or hear just to respond or for their rebuttal. A prime example of this, unfortunately, happens to involve the LGBTs crew, as I've heard them called, or the alphabet popular. LGBTs? Diabetes? Yeah, LGBT, yeah, LGBTs. Many of the advocates... Uh, for their cause, and not a, not all, of course, I want to make that uh, clear, are the main ones showing their intolerance from those they would demand tolerance from, um, as oxymoronic as that sounds. Uh, it is perfectly fine to want, yeah, uh, to want equal treatment and rights. It is another thing to violate the rights of others to get those rights or exercise those rights. It is despicable to wield power to hurt others in the same position just because you have a different perspective. Yeah, Another you, group. You oh, gotta what? fight for your right to party. To party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Socrates once said, Socrates. <laughs> uh, another group who suffers from this is the older generation who feel they can demand respect while being disrespected. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Go ahead. You need to earn my respect, <laughs> but then you're not respecting me, dipshit. Like, <laughs> Disconnecting our way of thinking, way of speaking, sharing, and way of living. Um, the Bible says that you should live peaceably with all mankind as far as you are able. But many of us don't put forth the effort to do so. We expel all our energy, destroying ourselves to prove we're right. Oftentimes we fail to be because our methods of proof prove that we aren't. So that's all I just want to leave you with is that let's work harder in order to be equal um, and on all, all accounts, equal in our listening, equal in our speaking, equal in our sharing, um, so that we work on 
understanding instead of just proving our own point. That reminds me of another Bible story of uh, Tori and the Goliath. I like Tori Lanes because he's shorter than a Goliath. Because oh, like, uh, Tori can't grow. <laughs> okay. No, I think, you know, it's funny. Um, as you were saying that, or Russell, um, I was thinking of the term, you know, uh, work harder, not smarter. And mm-hmm. then, uh, or work smarter. Work smarter, not, not, harder. not harder. But I think if you flip it, if you flip it, though, um, you know, it's kind of the way that we should be working is to work harder to not, because working smarter is that you just trying to, like, outsmart and just say, you know, I'm right. You know what I mean? I, like, that's what... what I often think, I often think of when we had the conversation about me, and we were talking about our women. And we were talking about how you know when you have the arguments, you just you know knowledge and logic and and, and science and logic, and how we were kind of always saying that. And I'm kind of like, no, because what you said is wrong, and I'm dying, and I'm on my like deathbed, like screaming, you were wrong, you know, in these arguments. And you were like, well, we shouldn't be. It's it's not always about being right or whatever. And then. You kind of just hearkened on it a little bit today, where you said we work so hard to be prove that we're right that you get like lost in this uh, jumble of stuff that proves that you are actually wrong. You're actually not right, and so we should work. I'm using the term and flipping it. I'm going to work harder instead of working to be smarter. I know that sounds. I know that sounds like a dumbass thing to say, but it sounds like some mahoy. Right? It's it's, it's, it's definitely. It's definitely. It's not like you went in circles there, yo. Right. Uh, or cycles. The smarter thing would be. To not work so hard to prove you're right and to accept that you may be wrong on some things or come to um, just an understanding like okay we agree to disagree but I really want to understand your point um, the thing Anthony Mackie says in his interview is that he has um, uh, white friends who come to him and like okay listen um, I don't understand this can we talk about this because I want to uh, understand why this is and why you know what I'm saying yeah. instead of being like you people always you know what I'm saying right. there's there's a difference in in how you approach things that make it more difficult or um, more convenient because of what you're seeking for right. if understanding is what you're seeking for it need not be as difficult because you're not trying to prove um, your own hypothesis right okay okay I was gonna say if you're still on your deathbed going like a no, you're wrong, and this is wrong. Like you're missing the whole point because it's like you work whether you think you're right or you're you think you're wrong, you're on your deathbed. You're gonna <laughs> die anyway, and it doesn't matter. Like, let it go, dude. What's important? <laughs> Me being right, looking at. Yeah. And I think that's what um, needs to be the focus in this current time, especially the pandemic, is what's what's important. Um, a lot of the things that we we sacrifice is time for trying to prove something. That doesn't matter in the first place. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn, man. All right. TS. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, okay, uh, let me get your. Um, <laughs> why do you sound like a, a horny agent? Like, why is it? Okay. Oh, the spirit. <laughs> me so holy. So this uh ready this this dude this guy should I, should I wait for you to compose yourself for Mozart? Okay. <laughs> you just assume it's dudism. All right, <laughs> all right, let's do this. The dude abides. Let's do it. All right, let me just read the headline to you. Um, this guy turned 
This guy turned his dead uncle's skeleton into a fully functional guitar. Quote, now Uncle Philip can shred for all eternity. That's how he would want it. (laughs) So, Um, so... It's funny because it, Tius and I both had the same reaction because we're reading the article. Like, I don't read articles. You guys know this. But I actually read this one because it was that interesting. Um, <laughs> they start out saying, like, oh, before you jump, you know, ahead of it, like, it actually is a good story. And you read through it, like, his uncle's body, like, he was dead for, like, 20 years, something like that. He was, his body was donated to a college for science, and they would, like, learn or experiment stuff like that and then he like t- bought or took his his uncle's corpse and turned it into a guitar and we're just reading like that's not making me feel better it's so weird man. right different sorry different different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> different yeah this is oh it's different and it you know there's a video too of him playing and he's not good and it's just it's, it's, <laughs> he turned it into a guitar that he can't even use <laughs> Fucking bum. Where's just I got a picture it's in the group chat now. Is yeah. So that's what it looks like. That's some creepy ass shit, bro. <laughs> it's like he modded up guitar hero. Right, uh you about to strum down there by his pelvic. Now he, he modded a hero into a guitar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Who's that? And on to the fun facts, if you will call it fun, probably not. So I was on Facebook, and someone from high school posted this uh, meme, and it was like all these animals at a party, and but they look they look like female animals, and some of them are holding babies. And this one says, uh, "So let's talk about births. Who's got a good story?" And someone else said, "Like, or she says, Miss Hyena." How about, and someone said, uh, never ask a hyena about that. Why not? You're going to want to trust me on this. And she says, I'm Googling it. Don't Google it. So I Googled it. And here's the fun fact. Female hyenas have three times more testosterone than males, which results in a peculiar and risky labor process. Female hyenas give birth through their clitoris, also called a pseudopenis. The birth canal of a hyena is only about one inch across and consequently many hyena babies do not survive survive and there's a picture of that too so i'll destroy your guys's uh sleep tonight with that <laughs> if you just... wow. okay uh-huh. and that is episode 94 of not politically correct it is your boy real mccoy aka mr what it do aka young slash god uh, we do not have T.S. with us today, but he is here in spirit. You dig what I'm talking about? Cody? It's Cody. I'm dead. No. <laughs> Cody, I'm dead. Cedar. Cedar Corner. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was uh, too much coffee. <sighs> it's passed out. All right, Russ, the barman, the barman, Teddy, Teddy Russ, Teddy. <laughs> Russell, Teddy, Teddy on everything, I guess. Everything. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Ooh, dude, Russell Buzz. What's uh his name? Uh, the parrot from uh, or he's not a parrot. What is he? Toucan? I don't know. Fucking bird. <laughs> <from Aladdin. laughs> 
You talking about what's his name? Why you gonna You talking about Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah, Oh, the bird from uh Aladdin. So Aladdin. Diego. Yeah, Diego. The Oh man. I don't have for it today. I'm gonna have to catch you in another Y'all know, as we love to say, this has been another episode and gang.